Hello, hello, party people. Welcome to the longly anticipated interview with Andy Towers. Happy Tequila Tuesday. Hope you guys enjoyed this. This was some kick ass content on his part. We had so much fun. Thanks to Andy for joining the show. Let's have a good one. Let's it's go. Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah, Kendra, I see you ladies. Y'all know what time it is. Uh. Uh. Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Woo. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. I'm Andy Towers, and you're listening to Saturdays and Seltzers. Let's fucking go. What is up, party people? Welcome to Tequila Tuesdays with the one and only Andy Towers joining us. We usually do these interviews where we want to talk about where you're from, how you got into your sport, all of that kind of stuff. But I think that that's all been covered for you in interviews before. So we just really want to know who Andy Towers is and how you got to be Andy Towers, I feel like, because some of our questions are lacrosse related, but I feel like they're all just a little ridiculous. Well, I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to answer that question other than, uh, you know, I guess I'm just a, uh, a net result of uh, of my family and friends and of my uh, the situations that I've gotten myself into and gotten myself out of over my 53 years on this planet. I just think that you're that we, we were just talking about this when you joined our call, but we have been so excited for this interview. We had a little bit of a delay, but honestly, you could have been like, hey, Tuesday, 3 a.m., let's do it. I'd be Wins like, yes, there. yes. <laughs> love it, love it. 3 a.m., it may have been a little sloppy, but I like your enthusiasm. Hey, you know what? It It, it is what it is on this show. It's a kind of always a shit show. So sure. obviously you guys started 0-3 on the season after this weekend. You guys did yep. that last year. Probably no concern because you guys won a championship last year. I think my yeah. first question for you is, was the proudest moment in your coaching career when Blaze Reardon dropped an F-bomb on national television on that broadcast last year? <laughs> uh, I, love the flat, I love the fact that Blaze is unapologetically himself, regardless of what the circumstance is. And that authenticity is what makes him such a fantastic leadership in our locker room and such a great teammate and uh, is a, a major reason on why we've had the success that we've had. I've had a lot of pride, proud moments, but that certainly is, is up at the top. <laughs> sure. It's a good one. Now, what was the celebration like after winning the championship? It was really one-sided, all in our favor. <laughs> you probably had <laughs> one beer. Listen, we dropped, <laughs> we, we put, our, uh, we put our, our, our foot right on the gas and floored it until we stopped, which for my wife and I and, and James Towers, uh, you know, we made it till about, I don't know, 10, 30 or 11 o'clock that night. I know some of the younger bucks ran a little deeper, but uh, <laughs> let's face it, you know, it started at about two o'clock in the afternoon and between the Pink Whitney and the Bud Lights and uh, the sheer uh, jubilation of accomplishing our lone goal. Uh, you know, we were, we were not afraid to cut every tree down that was in our way. Hell yeah. Okay. So since it's still early in the season, I thought that this would kind of be a fun hypothetical to ask. Great. If you could trade teams for one season with one other coach in order to either have fun, win a championship, get to know some guys you think are just a really cool group of lads, which 
team would you want to coach for a season? The New York Rangers. <laughs> Let's go, Rangers! <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go! Yeah! Okay, just because you're a huge fan, you love the roster, like... Listen, I just love the whole vibe of the Garden, the playoffs. They treated mm-hmm. us so well. They weren't expected to have a great season. James Towers and I were able to make it in there for game seven of the uh, the Pittsburgh series, which was oh, the best sporting event that I've ever been a part of watching. And the Garden, the crowd, the whole season was electric. And even though we fell short, just short against the, uh, the Lightning, I do believe that we're going to be back and we're going to be in position to win it all next year. Absolutely. Sarah, you got a, you got one lined up. If not, I do. I would say, I just have all the questions we have about like hypotheticals here. Like yeah, teammates, players. I don't know if we want to get into those right now. Heck yeah. Let's get into it. Why not? Let's do it. Okay. All right. My first one is who is the funniest person on your team besides yourself? Wow. Listen, Mm. thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, with this and this is this is tough. so unselfish. So unselfish. Lot, we have a lot. That was a very tongue-in-cheek huddle that <laughs> would peek in. That was Smithers being dead serious that he would maybe just go to his offhand so that the Reed Dodger could go to his strong hand. And I felt that we needed to address <sighs> for that level of unselfishness. Um, so listen, I, I think we have a lot of guys that are uh very, very funny. Certainly uh Jared Newman jumps out, Jack Rowlett jumps out um you know i think that ian mckay is quirky weird funny uh that's what we like around here i think matt panetta i might have to go with assistant coach matt panetta wow his best friend and one of our former teammates on team usa uh said about matt panetta that he said you know what nuts knows he's mint he just doesn't know why he's mint and that in a nutshell, describes Matt Panetta. But as, as funny as the players are, I'm going to go with assistant coach Matt Panetta. Love All it. Right, there we go. Okay, so that kind of leads into my next question, just because I kind of want you to talk a little bit of shit. Okay. If you had to pick three guys to drive from New York City to LA in a car with you, you have to spend that entire trip in the car with them. Three guys you would choose and three guys you would absolutely not choose on your team. Who do you not want to be in a car with and who do you want to be in a car with? I would choose Matt Panetta. I would choose Jamie Hanford and I would choose James Towers. Those would be my three that I would travel across the country with. Okay. The people that I would absolutely not have, not choose. Wow. I mean. uh, (laughs) Let it loose. Listen, that puts me in a dangerous position. (laughs) That's why I ask. Um, it might be the same three guys, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I honestly, who would it be? Not, I, I don't know if I can a- answer that question on record and still verbally <laughs> recover after the fact. So I'm going to politely deny answering that second part of the question. I'm just going to assume it's everyone, but those three. Listen, you can assume all you want. And you might, you're actually right some way. I don't know how but you are. All right. That's a very diplomatic answer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now you're known for kind of your, you've had your fair share of viral pump up speeches. Now, yeah. is there a coach or teammate you've had in your career, either now or just in your playing days that you think gave the best pump up speeches? Wow. You know, um, 
Hard to say. I, I think that uh, pump-ups, peaches, I don't know. You know, my high school coach, Coach Benedict, was very, very good. You know, he kind of had a different angle in the way that he pumped us up. You know, mm -hmm. he would sort of challenge our, uh, you know, manhood and sort of challenge our character. You know, my approach, honestly, you know, I, 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 it kind of makes me laugh to hear that some of the things that I say that I oftentimes don't really even remember saying <laughs> until I see it after the fact. Uh, I, I, I try to draw parallels from my past experiences Mm -hmm. that have something in common with where our team is at currently or with uh, who we're actually playing in that upcoming game. And sometimes those have been uh, very impassioned and have hit the right chord and, and social media gets a hold of them and they <laughs> take uh, you know, a life of their own. And, you know, it, but they always, they always make me laugh when uh, when I hear him after the fact, because <laughs> as my son James, who's in the locker room for a lot of those, says, you know, they start sort of soft, and at the end, it seems like I'm screaming, and I, you know, I just I I'm I'm excitable because I feel like we're like we're ironing out our plan to get the desired result of winning, and I really want to win. I love that answer. So pulling away from lacrosse for a second, sure. we love to ask people if they identify with one animal, what yeah. do you think that like your personality, like what animal do you think you identify with? Uh, it's definitely a French bulldog. Oh, okay. okay. We haven't oh, gotten that okay. one before. Why? Uh, because they uh, have a ton of confidence. They're very, uh, they're very uh, true to themselves. Uh, they're stubborn, <laughs> but they also uh, are smart enough to recognize that when people are out for their best interests, that they need to turn into the skid and uh, create a liaison there instead of digging in and doing it the way they want to do it. Great answer. Thank you. Love that. Thank you, ladies. I like you. <laughs> And so this one's actually from Joe Keegan. He wanted me to ask, what are you ranked nationally in golden tea? Well, my highest ranking ever was 72. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, I, I have a golden tea machine in my house that I bought in 2014. And while it knocked me out of front runner for parent of the year, it did allow my <laughs> handicap to get really low and allow me to make progress towards uh, a big secondary goal I have behind winning the PLL championship again is to win the golden tee world championships in Vegas. And in order to qualify, Ooh, okay. you got to be in the top 64. And to be honest with you, um, I was really close a few years ago, but I just haven't had uh, enough time to continue to, to pound away. I think that uh, I will get back to that when my schedule settles down a little bit but that will probably yeah. be in the fall after the PLL season is over hopefully in uh in the third week of September but we got some games to win first to even make the playoffs but if we can make the playoffs we're going to be a problem for some people mm -hmm. 
So speaking of the playoffs, I actually wanted to ask you, obviously you guys are going to be getting some NLL players back on your roster. Definitely some difference makers. Do you have some thoughts on getting guys back where you think that that might put you as a team, especially this weekend coming up? Yeah. You know, I think it's going to make us very, very dangerous. You know, to be honest with you, uh, the staff and I were very, very impressed and appreciative of the effort and the skill set and the IQ and the overall quality of play of the guys that we brought into training camp, uh, you know, in place of the guys that were playing in the NLL playoffs, you know, we were very, very lucky to have, you know, 11 guys that came up there under uh, difficult circumstances and, you know, put their, their heart on the line for us for not only training camp, but also through weeks one, two, and three. And, and while we did get some players back after week one and after week two, uh, you know, we do get uh, a bunch of our dress every game offensive players, as well as Ian McKay back, who's, you know, arguably the best short stick defensive midfielder in the, on the planet right now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the fact is, is, is while the guys that filled in for those guys did a great job for us. You know, we are ecstatic to get, uh, you know, all of our players back and finally be able to get connected as a group. And I believe that with some of the additions that we've made from the college draft, as well as the players pool, as well as, um, you know, uh, you know, just guys that we picked up. I think that we have enough talent that if I can do a decent job as a, as a head coach and, and coach Hanford and coach Panetta uh, on their respective defensive and offensive ends, respectively, if we can get these guys connected again, I, I think we're going to be a problem. I think we've got some of the world's very best players that play a very unique style and they play really well together. And the fact that we're going to be rolling out eight offensive players, four lefties, four righties that play the same game Mm -hmm. that are all uh, unselfish team first players. And we've got exceptional depth on both sides. I just really like our chances of being able to hopefully come together this weekend in Baltimore. You know, we really need a win. And this is a huge game with both the water dogs and us, in seventh and eighth places, both at 0 and 3, both really needing a win. Um, you know, I'm confident we're on the road to playing our best lacrosse, hopefully in the very near future. Now, we were just talking about this last week. With the PLL, it's not like the NHL or MLB where you have such a margin in the difference in talent from, like, NHL to AHL or MLB to minor league baseball. Like, sure. the guys that you brought in at training camp, like, they all could be starters on other rosters. So, like, how difficult are those dips? decisions for you upcoming this week with all those returning starters coming back to like kind of pick who's going to be on your roster and like make those tiny decisions it's a a great question Sarah you know it is it's painful because number one you're dealing with guys that while we were very fair to them and and created proper expectations you know it, it, it with respect to when the NLO guys would be coming back the fact is these guys came to training camp. We were with them for a week. We were practicing two times a day. You know, we, we had three games and yet, you know, in a 10 game season, that's 30% of the season. We have formed not only relationships as, you know, coach player, but also as friends, you know, you're dealing with men and you're dealing with 
uh, you know, guys that uh, have really committed their their time and their energy and their lives to becoming the best lacrosse players on the planet and to be able to have to, you know, get to a roster limit of 25, I had to make six really uncomfortable phone calls that I simply did not want to make. And, and, mm-hmm. and in many instances, it, it really broke my heart to have to make those calls, but it's professional sports. And if the league says, Hey, you know, you can only have 25 guys, I got to make the calls. And so what we try to do with every decision that we make, not only with who we put back in the players pool and who we keep, but also who we're going to dress, uh, you know, in the 19 game day roster, we need to be able to verbally defend every single decision that we make. And so coach Panetta, coach Hanford and I, uh, you know, discuss each player's strengths and weaknesses, where we want to be as a team and, you know, we really go through the filtering process and, and try to come to a, you know, a decision that we think we can verbally defend the best. And I'm sure we make mistakes along the way. And one of the first things that, you know, we told these guys at training camp is we don't give a shit who plays, you know, we care about winning. That's our, that's our goal is to win the PLL championship and all decisions will be made, um, you know, with winning in mind. And, uh, you know, beyond that, Every time we acquire a player, you know, I tell these guys, you may not love, you may not love everything I have to say to you, but I'm going to be dead honest with you, start to finish. And that is in all of our respective best interests. And in the process of doing that, you create a responsible set of expectations for professional athletes and adults. And when it comes time to having to make that call to let somebody know that unfortunately you have to put them in the player's pool because we showed the respect on the front end of our relationship, every one of the guys that we've let go have responded in a first class way. Um, some calls are easier than others, but none of them are easy. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, but what I found is that if you're respectful of people uh, along the way and you're consistent in updating them as those expectations continue to evolve, that smart people, adults, uh, professional athletes understand that everything is a, a, a business decision and nothing personal. I think that's a really good piece of advice, not only just for someone who has to make those decisions in lacrosse, but in life as well. Like, I feel like that's something that you can absolutely carry over. Like, Hey, if you take care of your people, they'll take care of you. A hundred percent, Kendra. I think that, uh, you know, in general, it, it seems like, you know, person to person respect has eroded a lot in the last few years. I think that COVID has done a lot to hurt people. Uh, it's, it's put people uh, in difficult positions as it relates to mental health. And I think that frankly, uh, you know, we can do a lot better as a world. You know, we can do a lot better mm-hmm. as a country. And I think a big part of that is understanding that we need each other to succeed and why we will disagree, you know, if, if you, again, are honest with people and you're proactive in your communications and you're mindful of the importance of being tactful when delivering bad news. Uh, You know, you try to create at least for us a locker room where uh, everybody defers the credit to their teammates and they absorb the blame. I think what that does is that creates a mutual respect, which is binding. And frankly, I think it, uh, you know, it was something the entire world could uh, improve on. Totally. So I had this question on here before we even got that quote from you. 
I was curious if you've ever thought about getting into the alarm clock business once lacrosse is over. I feel like any of your pop-up speeches, that quote just now, if I had my phone saying any of those things to me in the morning, I'd be like, you know what? You're right. I should get my fucking ass out of bed right now. <laughs> you pop up, Kendra. Yes. Uh, listen, I appreciate it. I, I haven't thought about that, but I'm going to file that because if we lose any more games, I'm going to need a second career. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I had so unselfish, that's what I'm talking about. Getting as my alarm clock, I'd be like, yes, I am ready to slay today. Yeah, I well, listen. I appreciate. It. I can use all the career advice I can get, particularly as we, uh, you know, tiptoe down the fine line of the PLL regular season here. Now, what do you think your face-off percentage would be today if you were up against the guys in the league now? Wow. You're Good question, really, Sarah. You really are looking for a peek behind the curtain here, Sarah. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I think that, number one, I have a little bit of a right knee issue with a degenerative meniscus tear. And so <laughs> if that was in play, uh, it'd be a tough thing for me to even get <laughs> down into a face-off stance. With that said, I think my technique is is on point and i think my hands okay. is on point but these guys would destroy me i mean i, I <laughs> the first couple years i would you know face off against these guys and i would you know lose 25 in a row and then i would win <laughs> two in a row and then talk smack until the next practice and then be hard to find <laughs> when I get another shot at me uh you know listen i had my time in the sun there was a point in the in in, in my career where i felt that i was arguably the best in the planet along with probably four or five other guys. Um, but these guys right now are the best in the world and I couldn't touch them on my best day and their worst day. That's so unselfish. So <laughs> we do, we finding, do. It's finding us as a group. We're getting connected. Ladies. <laughs> we do a segment for the PLL on our show where we judge the best game day fits and the worst game day fits. Who do you think on your team is going to have the most top of the pyramid outfits for us and the most bottom of the pyramid outfits for us? Because wow. we, right. we are about it. So We're listen, critical. I don't know you ladies very well, and I don't know what you appreciate, but like, I got to look Personality. at- Personality. Yeah. Well, listen, it, I got to say, I, I love what these guys do. You know, certainly, you know, Josh and Dane have their respective style, which is, mm -hmm. you know, tight, light, and right. Okay, slick <laughs> as it gets. But I also, you know, I love Jared Newman's angle. Uh, you know, how do you not love Jack Rowlett showing up in a 19, you know, 87 retro Houston Rockets basketball warm-up suit? I mean, where the <laughs> and the fact that he wears it and holds his head so high, I don't know, you know, who's more mint than that. <laughs> uh, you know, those guys phenomenal uh that would be my group in terms of you know worst outfit who could use our help i gotta go back to are you going bad on my cargo shorts which is coach panetta had a tendency to wear <laughs> cargo shorts uh, through week one and i think it took the league until week two before seth tierney I think called me up and said, yo, tell Panetta to lose the cargo shorts. The league's going in a different direction. <laughs> that is that I, I thought someone the other day, I don't remember who we were talking about last it week. Was and I, Asher Nolting. 
I yes, think. I thought he was in cargo shorts, and I was like, automatically no. Yeah, we saw no. like his cargo he's, shorts. He's gonna be here. getting a text from Seth, and he's gonna get his uh, <laughs> fashion sense redirected. Well, so we bought fedoras because we saw the chrome wearing fedoras. There you go. <laughs> so we are. I saw Scanone wear that, and listen, when you're playing as well as Sean Scanone's playing these days, you can wear a fedora. Yeah, you can pull it off. That's <laughs> right. You know, they're passing uh, it around Dane. the team. What's that? They're passing it around the team. Well, listen, Sudo and, and Jock and Kermy, those guys are three and oh, and, and arguably the best team in the league. And, you know, you're near the top of the standings. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Everyone's working. Fedora. That's Something's right. working. <laughs> That's right. We want to get some wins so we can get some permission to dress the way we want to dress. <laughs> you should get oh, fedoras. Yeah, listen, it's fedora isn't it? Ooh. Is it? Ooh. I don't know, Kendra. I might have caught you. Uh oh. I hope so. I hope I'm wrong. I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I've got a question from Austin Owens. What's your favorite thing about Canada besides your players? Hmm. (laughs) Well, maybe Tim Hortons, but maybe that's all I know. I haven't been to Canada. Tim Hortons or Duncan? You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. My wife and I, for our anniversary, went up to uh, to Montreal, and I don't know if you ladies have been to Montreal, but they have. It's a it's an unbelievably cool city, and the way I kind of describe it is like they have this park at sort of the topographical peak. Topographical mm-hmm. is that what it is? I don't know what it is. I think it's topographical. Yeah. Topographical. Thank you, Sarah, for that redirection. Uh, <laughs> They have like it would what I would what I would sort of consider like Central Park propped on top of like the highest altitude part of the city. And my wife Ooh. and I brought our bikes up there and biked around and it was it was awesome. We did it in September. We got married in early September. We went up there when we were living in Vermont and uh, for a weekend and it was awesome. So I would say our experience in Montreal. Okay. Uh, what I like most behind our players, of course. Okay. That's a good answer. Okay. So I have one more question. I don't know about Sarah. I think you have one or two more. I, we ask this to every guest, favorite seltzer. If you're going to celebrate, what are you drinking? That's, uh, that's so amusing. My (laughs) wife loves seltzer and she buys, well, you're, you're referring, I know to hard seltzers, right? Oh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. No soft uh, shit around here. But what's funny is I used to drink soda growing up, and then I started dating my wife. You know, very very early in our college careers, and she would always drink flavored seltzer waters. And I was like, well, I don't understand the purpose of that. I'm either drinking water or I'm drinking soda. I'm not drinking bubble water. <laughs> and now I prefer that to soda. Right. Uh, so that's why I had the response that I had. I don't drink that. I don't drink that stuff. I drink Hanford drinks that shit. I drink uh, I drink Blue Moon with okay. a splash of orange juice or UFO White with a splash of orange juice. So it's essentially wheat beer with a splash of orange juice. And I drink them two in a big glass with a shot of OJ at the top. And it's a Ted Kennedy. You put that much of a career into becoming a raging alcoholic like Ted Kennedy, he should have a beer named after him. And so uh, that guy, so we call that drink a Ted Kennedy and that's what I like to drink. 
Unless it's Bud Light and Pink Whitney after a Selly. I hate Pink Whitney. I'll never drink that shit again. It was yes. Okay. Yes. I I, pro- I probably would like it with seltzer, but to drink True, it warm yeah. on a hot day in DC mm-hmm. after we win the championship. I mean, that was just like an accelerant to throwing up, and it, it was <laughs> needless to say. It, <laughs> It was, uh, it had some effects that carried on throughout the celebration and they weren't all positive. <laughs> did you uh, feel like you were- I'm a big fan of. Did you feel like you were back in a college basement, like drinking alcohol out of a water bottle? Well, you know what? I, honestly, like when I was in the college basement, we used to drink beer out of boots. And <laughs> our goalie, Steve Ayers, who was from Virginia, had these nasty cowboy boots that he never took off his feet ever. And- <laughs> when we were really rock bottom, we were drinking, you know, keg beer out of his boots and you would drink it out of the boot and then you'd boot and then you'd have more of it. It was a boot off is what it was. We didn't drink a lot of, of, of mixed alcohol in college or at least I did. Okay, well, so my question kind of ties in actually with that. What are your top three situational beers? Like for example, mine would go like boat beers, airport beers, and then tailgate beers. Uh, airport beers are absolutely on the dock. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, Sunday NFL for the 430, 425 kickoff beers. Yeah. That's yes. one of my favorites. And then um, uh, I think we put a pool in about four years ago. I think Saturday late afternoon 5 30 uh mm-hmm. beers yep so football airport beers pool beers on the weekends yep and sunday nfl beers in the fall and where hell yeah i'm an i'm an nfl girl that is my that is my bread and butter so i know have- new york rangers beers are right there as well <laughs> You know, that's that those were also very, very enjoyable. Probably like twenty dollars a piece though. That's right. True. They are, but they're worth it. I'd pay forty. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, Sarah, I have one more question. Do you have anything else? I think that's all. Okay, so before we let any of our guests go, we just have to ask for a piece of advice that you would give younger you. It doesn't have to be sports related, it can be anything you want, just What's something that you wish that you could tell younger Andy Towers? Uh, Everything that you do, people are forming an opinion on you. So be very mindful about what comes out of your mouth and what you decide to do because people are stacking, uh, are are making their opinions on uh, experiences that you stack in front of their eyes, both what you say and what you do. Everything carries a consequence and everything carries a benefit. And you are a perpetual work in progress. And you're either moving in a way that makes people want to associate with you, or you're moving in a way that makes people want to disassociate with you. That's what I would say to myself. The one and only ATLFG. Thank you so much for joining us today. You guys are the best. Keep dominating your landscape. Couldn't be bigger fans. And let's fucking go chaos. Tell them no free sample if they ever want to try. Gotta buy the whole damn pie. If you ever want to slice, that's the truth. Only tell the truth. What the hell you do? You got that juice. Fresh squeeze to Q. I can tell you new. And it ain't just you. Girl, it ain't just you. It's your whole damn crew. Got the haters on mute. Because they love that view. Keep looking at you. Ain't nothing new.
This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. The Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. The Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your hosts, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go. Uh.